Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Saturday, July 9th, 2022. We reach a very important and interesting part of the book of 1 Thessalonians today. Uh, we're going to call it the most urgent instructions because what you have seen so far is the Apostle Paul writing to a relatively new young church, a church that he had been a part of uh, starting there uh, on his second missionary journey. Now towards the end of that journey, he is writing to them. He is concerned uh, for them. And what we've seen mostly in the first three chapters is a lot of encouragement. Uh, Paul just expressing his care for them, his memories for them, and rejoicing with them that the general report is they are standing firm. And likely this is a church that was under persecution. Even when Paul was there, he wasn't able to stay for very long because they, they were accused of turning the world upside down and it became a very heated situation. So this church is likely uh, not in a very friendly environment for Christians. Christians. Uh, but now as he's gotten through the encouragement, in chapter 4, he is going to get to some instruction. He's going to urge them to, to do some things and to think about some things. And so what, what I want us to think through is, hey, if he's got this brief window to write this letter to this church that's under fire, so we need to be instructed, well, he's going to start by just encouraging them and loving them and seeking to build them up. But now, what is he going to say? Well, what are the commands that he is going to give to them? I think as we think through those, we're going to see these must be pretty important things if you know he's really just trying to encourage this church and strengthen them, if he's going to give this short list of areas really that he wants them to focus on, what are those things? So let's note three things from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And the first really is he encourages them towards purity. It gives kind of a general heading there at the beginning. Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. So again, you get that sense of affirmation. You you are doing these things, but we want you to excel in these things. What are these things? And verse two, for you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this disregards not man, but God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. So there you see this very clear call towards purity. Uh, God has not called us, it says, for impurity, but in holiness. So that's the first area he targets in on for a church that is under fire. And that's where I firmly believe that we are starting to see and will continue to see the church, even in the United States of America, come increasingly under fire. And we need to realize in that situation, one of the things God is calling us clearly towards is sexual 
purity. And, and that's where if you think through the scriptures from beginning to end, you see one of the prominent sins in scripture is sexual sin. And as you read through the scriptures, you see throughout, especially even the New Testament and the epistles, when we are exhorted to put away sin, often one of the first sins on the list is sexual sin. And the world may cast accusations saying, oh, Christians are just prudish and not don't want to have any fun. But no, this we need to understand this is the clear teaching all throughout Scripture. And that's where we need to understand this is going to challenge all of us. And even First uh, Thessalonians 4 begins there in the end of verse 1. Hey, we need to do so more and more that we shouldn't even settle for where we are when it comes to purity. We want to see the standard that Jesus sets of purity that even just dominates our mind as he exhorted his followers not to even think a lustful thought. Uh, so we need to see this as a clear command from God. And I mean, even that last verse, therefore, whoever disregards this disregards regards not man, but God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. So Christian, don't settle for feeling like you are more pure than the world around you. The kind of this uh, culture that is saturated with sexual immorality. Don't settle for saying, well, I'm not that bad or I'm not as bad as I used to be. But no, God has called us in holiness. That is the standard that we should pursue. So we should pray through our own lives. Hey, where am I at when it comes to purity? How can I do so more and more and pursue the standard that God has called me to? The second area beyond purity is the area of love. Uh, In verse 9, now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. For this, that indeed is what you are doing to all the brothers throughout Macedonia. But we urge you, brothers, to do this more and more. So again, you see this call to more love. And he's saying you're doing this. Even you're a leader in your region in loving other believers. And then verse 11 uses this word to aspire. Uh, What do we aspire to? And that's where in our culture, sometimes we aspire to greatness, to riches, to fame, to glory. And here he says, the aspiration of a Christian should be to live quietly, to mind your own affairs, to work with your hands as we instruct you so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. Uh, there he's saying the aspiration shouldn't be riches, fame, honor, glory. No, your aspiration should be, hey, let's work hard uh, so that we can take care of ourselves, so that we can take care of our fellow believers. That's what we aspire to, uh, to live quietly and to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. So that's a great question again to ask yourself. Are you loving people? And again, remember God's standard to do this more and more. And what is the aspiration of your life? Is it to uh, do a bunch of things for yourself? Or is it really, you know, how can I love others and live simply uh, in a way where I, my, my focus is on taking care of those that I am responsible for and seeking to bless and take care of my brothers and sisters in Christ. Again, uh, that's a key thing for a church that was under fire and will be a key thing for uh, 
churches in America as they increasingly come under fire. And the final thing that he really exhorts them to is hope. And here he he really speaks, starts to get more uh, on the vein of eschatology as he speaks of the future uh, return of Christ. And really this passage is where we would see this concept of the rapture in verse 17. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we will always be with the Lord. So it speaks of of an event where those who have died in Christ will be resurrected and those who are alive at that time will be caught up together with these resurrected believers uh, with the Lord in the air. Uh, So that right there, you you see in the Bible, that's going to happen. Now, Christians love to debate, well, when is that going to happen? How is that going to happen? But what I want you to focus on today is the context of this is an exhortation to hope, especially when it comes to those who are asleep, that we would not grieve as those who have no hope. And then you see the last verse of that section, therefore, encourage one another with these words. So the context of this teaching about the rapture and this future resurrection of the saints and our being caught up if we're alive with the Lord in the clouds is meant to give us hope and it is meant to give us encouragement. And think about how important that also is for a church under fire, right? That they have this hope for the future that Jesus is coming back. And those who have died in the Lord, they're not going to miss out. If I'm alive when that happens, I'm not going to miss out. Jesus is coming back. That is encouraging. So I want you to think through those three things, those urgent instructions that Paul gives to the Thessalonians, purity, love, and hope. These should be important things for us as well. As we transition now to our Old Testament reading today, we are looking at 1 Chronicles 27 and Psalms 116, 117, 118. 18. And in 1 Chronicles 27, it's the final chapter that's really been talking about the organization of the city of worship. And today it really gets into the military leaders and tribal leaders there in Israel. And again, if you're thinking this isn't the most scintillating reading, again, I'd encourage you to think through how much organization it takes to uh, worship the Lord and to think of that in your churches. And also we see today, it wasn't just organization for worship, but it, it took work to organize the city. So again, pray for the leaders in your church as you think through these passages today, especially as you think through the military and the leaders of tribes, pray for your political leaders, whether that's the leaders of your city or state or government, God commands us to pray for these people. Uh, so spend some time praying for for them today. And then let's look at these Psalms. Again, one thing I would encourage you to do with Psalms is let these fuel your prayers. Uh, think of Psalm 116. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. Are you saved? Then you should be able to pray that. I love the Lord basically because he has saved me. You should be able to say from verse eight, you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. And you should be able to lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord and give him thanks today for what he's done for you. Psalm 117, the shortest Psalm, the shortest chapter in the Bible, a call to praise. Why? Why? Because great is his steadfast love toward us 
and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Man, what a short but mighty psalm uh, that you should be able to praise God today, no matter what you're going through, because these two things are true. God's steadfast love towards us is great and his faithfulness endures forever. Those things are anchors for the soul, always giving us a reason to worship. And then Psalm 118, we see again, crying out in distress, but seeing the the value of trusting in the Lord. Verse eight, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. And you, you see just this idea. I love, I love verses 14 through 16 that says, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Glad songs of salvation are in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord exalts. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. That that those that are truly strong aren't strong because they are mighty themselves. They are strong because they're trusting in the Lord. The Lord is their strength and they're trusting in God to save them. And no matter what they're facing, their trust is the right hand of the Lord is going to do valiantly. So let that encourage you today to remember who God is, to remember his steadfast love, his faithfulness, his right hand doing valiantly, and even let all of those things motivate us towards purity, love, and hope. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.